everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. I am your host, Jada Sharice. And today I have a very special guest on the show, Erica Lewis. Hey, everybody. We'll be discussing therapy, self-care, generational curses, unhealthy soul ties, finding a way out, dealing with depression, and dating. Grab your wine, ladies. Man, grab your pen and paper for notes because you do not want to miss this story. I know you by your phone, so boy, pick up your line. I ain't too proud to beg, so what's been said has been said. And I need you to know, you don't know what love is. And I need you to know, you don't know, and you don't. We are back, and first off, I just want to say I feel like I'm at home right now. We're recording at Erica's place, and honey, the hospitality. Erica, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm at home. Y'all, let me tell y'all. First off, the videos is coming, okay? I'm waiting on the light and the backdrop, and I promise I will give you video with my podcast. I wish you could see the house shoes I have on right now. I have a blanket. We have the red wine with some water. Like, it's lit right now. Do y'all hear me? <laughs> okay, let's get started. Erica is an accomplished therapist with her own private practice. Like, bruh, that is major. So, congratulations on your success Thank and you. your new clients. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to kick this off by starting with who you are and where you came from because I know you've dealt with a lot of adversity on your way to success. So tell me your journey of becoming a therapist and why that industry, what started this, where you came from, fill the people in. Well, thanks. I want to say thanks, Jada, for having me on. I truly appreciate it. Um, I am a therapist. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. I practice here in Chicago. Um, I'm licensed in the state of Illinois and Indiana. Um, and I own my own private practice called Heal Thyself Counseling Services. Yes. Located in Homewood, Illinois. So I see all types of clients from um, mild to moderate to even severe mental health issues. And mm-hmm. I see clients, they can have simple issues as far as like I don't know my next steps and what I want to do in life or serious issues such as I suffer from schizophrenia bipolar or schizoaffective disorder Mm -hmm. um and I've been in this field um the social service field for a very long time actually since the age of 18 when I started mentoring foster children and so that's how I got started um mentoring foster children in the field but I started with geriatrics at 15 when I first got my first job um, and then I transitioned over to foster care and mentoring them. And then I transitioned again to being a mental health worker, trans- transitioned again to actually becoming an actual therapist, and then got licensed and then got clinically licensed. And here I am today as a licensed therapist. That's <laughs> awesome with your own private practice. That's amazing. When you said um, you were counseling foster children, you know, in what ways did you relate and why did you choose to, you know, counsel them? Good question. Um, I started, I wanted to become a mentor because I was a foster foster child and I saw a lot of foster kids go through the system like myself and I saw them that they did make it and that was like a big struggle for foster kids. They, we struggled and for me, not struggling was the big picture. Like I did not want to struggle. 
that's I wanted to make something out of my life and we're counted out and so I, I definitely wanted to assist other kids in you know making it and choosing to do something different and with that I chose to do something different because I was one of them at first the at-risk youth as though they call us and I, I decided to do something different so giving back was definitely something a road that I wanted to take and that's awesome to come from that and know what the journey can be or how it's looked down upon as a foster child to go back into that and say, hey, we gonna, we going to break this curse or yeah. this cycle of what people expect of us, you know. And our community is looked down upon to to see a therapist. Yeah. And our community or in, in the black family is pray about it. It's going to be okay. But sometimes it's not just about prayer. Sometimes you need to get that out of your system. You need to talk to somebody, somebody who's unbiased, someone who can give you feedback, give you notes and say, this is what you need to do next. You know, what do you have to say about that? Because I'm sure you get that experience or you hear that, that we're not used to seeing a therapist. I ain't going to see no therapist. I ain't crazy, you know? Yeah, that's true. I just actually, actually had a client that I didn't even expect him to come to therapy because of his circumstances you know again he actually didn't go through foster care but he lived the gang life and you know the drugs the violence mm-hmm. um fraudulent type of activity and then for him to even come to therapy to say i don't even want to live that life and me choosing to get out of that life i need help you know so That's that was huge. kind of you know refreshing i was shocked in the session where i had to take a step back to say oh wow you know and just giving him praises to say, you know, that is commendable for you to even choose to come to therapy, choose to kind of get help. And in the black community, it's definitely taboo and it's definitely, you know, we don't talk. We don't do that. That's something we don't do. What goes on in the black household stays within the yeah. black household. And to go talk to somebody? No, we're not doing that. Right. Go talk to Jesus, like you said. Right. We're going to talk to God about it. And if he can't figure your problems out, then obviously you don't have a problem. The problem is you, so figure yourself mm. out. And so now we're seeing the big push with Charlemagne, Taraji, all of them, mm-hmm. you know, speaking about mental health. And now it's becoming popularized to kind of go get therapy, go get help, which is a good thing. But, you know, mental health has been around for a very long time. It's just... Yeah. Nobody wants to speak about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. And I'm glad they opened up the door so that we can, you know, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Being a therapist, here you are every day or with every client, you're dealing with their problems, what they're dealing with, what they're suffering from. How do you find the balance to deal with their problems and deal with your own life problems or what you may be going through? Because I'm sure it can be overwhelming. It's definitely overwhelming, I can say the least. Mm Mm-hmm. But my model is for me, when I go to work, I go to work and I'm strictly in work mode. And no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter how bad the problem may be, I'm at work. And that's that's just how I operate. I'm at work and my problems don't exist. And when I'm outside of work, that's my self-care piece. I'm outside of work. So my problems exist. So I work on my problems. And so as a therapist and other therapists and other people who, you know, have jobs and work with people and work with the public, we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know their problems. We don't know their stories. And we have our own problems. Mm-hmm. But while you're at work, work. Mm-hmm. You know, those problems are going to be there no matter what. So if I'm at work and I don't have to think about those problems for the time being, I can help somebody else, you know, 
fix their problems, then that's what I'm going to do. And that, you know, you ever got bad customer service? Yes. And you're and trying to figure like, out. Why do you have this job then? Yeah. If you're dealing with people. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's the last thing I want to do as a therapist, to be sitting in a session like, girl, what is your problem? You know, yeah. that's the last thing I want to impress upon my clients. So I definitely, when I'm at work, I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And I'm a do not disturb type of person so I do put my phone on do not disturb yeah often so when I'm at work I'm at work and outside of work I deal with my problems outside I don't Mm -hmm. run from them do you love what you do I love being a therapist being a therapist is everything um I always tell people like you know find your purpose I found my purpose at a very young age so you mentioned to me before when we were talking that at four you realized that you were different right four years old I realized I was different from my peers like I knew like life was happening for me at four which is weird and definitely you know a four-year-old shouldn't be thinking that way but at four I was literally like oh something ain't right something is wrong something is different and I just remember just one day being here on this earth you know saying like I'm different from everybody else you know but how did you know that I don't even know how to put it into words but I I just knew that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, earliest recollections, another thera- therapeutic term, guys. <laughs> um, but that was my earliest recollection. And I just remember, you know, waking up one day and I'm like, something is strange, something is weird. Um, and I guess that was the moment that I was probably taking from my biological mom okay. that, you know, maybe this doesn't, this isn't right, something is wrong. And so I knew something was different. And I knew from that point on, I, I was going to be different. Yeah. Wow. So your business page on Instagram. Oh, my God. Y'all, listen to me good <laughs> because you need to go to this page. You need to follow Heal Dot Thy Self Counseling. Heal Thy Self Counseling, right? That's right. On Instagram. Right. Girl, you be preaching, to say the <laughs> least. Like, I went to your page and read and liked and reshared. It yeah. was nothing but the truth. And I seen this post last week and I haven't stopped thinking about it because it was so powerful. It said, a relationship can't heal you, especially if you enter it broken. Yeah. That's a word. Like, that goes so hard. It's the truth. I didn't even know you were. No, that. (laughs) I didn't know you went that far back. Yes. I'm telling you. I felt everything that you were saying. And these aren't quotes that you're just picking up from other people. This no. is your thoughts every yeah. single day you posting for others, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I've seen that, like, that's everything. And I realized when I was finally getting out of that eight-year relationship from high school that I didn't want to rebound. I didn't want to date other people just to kill time or take my mind off of it. I yeah. was broken, and I wanted to be healed. I wanted to fix Jada first because I knew it wouldn't be healthy to go into something else feeling the same way yeah. or dealing with those things. You have to actually deal with it to heal from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned to me before about battling depression. True. We talked about that at one point. You were, you know, dealing with that. Well, and I still am. <laughs> you still are. Yes, I still battle depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my question was, how do you fight through it? What are some things you would tell a client who's dealing with depression or someone you may see on Instagram? I know I made a post on Facebook and I said I was having a bad day because I couldn't sing. Yeah. <laughs> and right away she texted me and she encouraged me and she uplifted me. And I was like, let me delete this because <laughs> people are praying for me and yeah, I just want to be able to sing. Like, really, Jada? <laughs> 
No, but when you see, you know, posts like that or people talk like that yeah. or even in your case, how do you deal with depression? Some people just like get over it and it's just like you don't understand what a person is going through. I've never been depressed before, so mm. I can't say, you know, people taking a life for that yeah. and you can't relate. You don't know what that person is feeling. That's true. Um, so I suffer from what we call um, persistent depression disorder. I'm going to say that term because the other term you guys will not understand dysemia. Mm -hmm. um, so I suffer from what we call persistent depression disorder. And that's like ongoing depression. It's mild depression. I don't quite meet the categories to be full blown blast major depression disorder, which have certain criteria to um, meet. Um, but it's it's ongoing, it doesn't go away, but I deal and I cope with it and it's a mild form of depression. I'm not sad every day. I'm not in a depressed mood every day, but there are moments where, you know, I am down, I am out, and I do think about my life. That's that, that's that piece outside of work. So when I'm outside of work, I think about some of the problems, some of the issues, some of the things that I have going on, that I've been through, that I've went through, and it and it'll get me down sometimes and I deal with it and I I have many ways that I kinda cope with it so nobody ever realizes, Oh, is she sad today or something wrong with her? Um, because I deal with it well mm -hmm. and I um kinda be I'm I'm able to manage it. Luckily I'm a therapist and so that helps, right. you know, that I'm able to manage it as opposed to someone that's not a therapist but a lot of people suffer from depression, and I don't think mm -hmm. they realize that they mm -hmm. suffer from depression. Yeah. How would you say your past has affected your love life? Because did you have your dad in your life? I know you were taken from no. your mom when you were four, right? Right. And what was, about your dad? I was taken from my mom when I was two. When you were two? Right. Okay. I didn't know my dad up until 2017. That's when I found my biological So three dad. years ago. That was three two years, years ago. ago. Two yeah. What's this year? It's <laughs> 2019. Okay. So, yeah. That would be 2017 in October. Really? October 2017 was when I found my biological dad. I didn't actually find him. I've known him for the past 10 years, but we actually took the DNA test, 2017. Mm -hmm. And so it was confirmed that he was my dad. Yeah. So. Wow. You have a story. And... Okay, you, you were taken away from your mom. You just, right. you know, your father confirmed, I am your father with a DNA test. Right. And not having those biological parents and that mm -hmm. affection and being home with your family, like, do you think that has shaped your love life? Dating men mm -hmm. or that absence from your father, has that affected you in any way? I wouldn't say the absence from not having a father affected me in my love life. I'm sure it played a role, but not a huge role because... Um, there's plenty of women that grow up in single family households that actually go on to have loving and healthy and positive relationships. I would say it played a role um, as far as like having a male figure but shaped my love life. I think it was me growing up and not having the adults that, are, that were around me show me affection, show me love that actually shaped my love life as, a, um, as opposed to actually being in an actual relationship. Mm -hmm. So before I, I was eventually adopted when I was 11, but before I was adopted, um, I was from home to home to home in foster care. So when you're going through these different houses and dealing with like abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, any type of abuse that you can think of that a child will receive at such a young age, 
like your heart tends to harden so I wasn't hearing I love you or come give me a hug and I was a baby then you know thinking Mm -hmm. in terms of being four and two up until the age eight you're that's that's still a baby we still look at I look at my goddaughter Kaylee like that's a baby to me I still be trying to pick her up like she a baby (laughs) like seriously because she's small but those are babies you know I was a baby then and not being told like I love you and I care for you and you know hugs and things like that I didn't receive that Mm -hmm. you know as a young age I always received like oh that's my foster kid or you know I was never embraced and things like that so eventually when I was adopted again not to take anything away from my adopted mom I still wasn't you know embraced and said Mm -hmm. like I love you and things like that so that kind of shaped how I operated when it came to like dating yeah so it's a book called um Love languages. Talk about your love language. The so five, the five of, signs of love. I have yeah. it. I just haven't read it. I, I haven't read good. it either. But I know it's a book that I was told when I was in graduate school to read. Mm-hmm. But it talks about the love language. So when you said that, um, I receive, you know, I received the other type of love, mm-hmm. verbal, right? But you didn't receive the physical. Mm-hmm. And but I want to give it. Mm-hmm. That's. You know, yeah, you kind of get where I'm going. Right, I get you. I follow <laughs> you. Get you. What I'm trying to put it in words. I can't even put it in words. But I need yeah. to read that book. So the five signs of love yeah. languages. I think it is. Yeah, I ordered it off um, Amazon. If you guys want to get it, first off, don't get that book until you have brokenness that made me whole. I'm not gonna be on here <laughs> promoting book. another get, book. Right. Get my book first. Brokenness that, that made me whole. <laughs> I got it digitally, so I got it on iTunes. So get it on iTunes if you don't want to buy a hard copy. Yes, there you go. Promotions. <laughs> um, Erica, we've discussed child, unhealthy soul ties. Okay. Oh, yeah, we did. And uh, it's hard. It is. It's dangerous. Very. It will take you under. All the way under. The history, the convenience of it, that comfort zone, and... You see what it could be. So you stay, you make excuses, and it doesn't get better. It's a repeated cycle. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you told me about your ex. And, of course, our listeners, they don't know. And you don't have to give us everything, although I know you are, you know, an open book. But you said something that was just like, wow, to me the last time we met, where you said you pretty much let him do everything to you. That he could have done. And you still stay. Why is that? Like what did you go through? What was this unhealthy soul tie? What were you searching for? What were you looking forward to? That you stayed through the bad. The worst times. I'm going to drink first. Okay. <laughs> take a sip of your real I'm gonna wine. i take a sip of this wine first. You should have got tissue girl. Are we going to be okay? I'm going to be okay. Okay. The brokenness that made me whole. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Plugged again on iTunes. <laughs> um, no, I'm here for it. And I mean, it's it's being real. And yeah. what I've started to realize and with my brand, what I keep saying is my story isn't for me. It's for her. Absolutely. It's going to heal her and the next person. Yeah. And I'm going to give her advice and I'm going to tell her what I've been through. It's, it's not our story to keep. It's our story to tell and it's our story for the next woman. That is true. So let me know. You know, let the people know this unhealthy soul tie, this relationship. Grab y'all tissue. I'm not gonna cry, so grab it for yourselves, cause I should have grabbed some tissue. You might want to grab some, cause every time I tell the story, people get sad. Yeah. You know, your sister, my best friend. Mm-hmm. I just told her the story 
Ooh, I just told Tierra the story a week ago. How long y'all been best friends? Been best friends since 17. Been friends probably since like 14. Mm-hmm. And we've been like close ever yeah. since we were 17. And I just told her this story. Yeah. Um, only a select few of my friends knew like what I was going through with my ex. Um, and I hid it from my other friends because I am the strong friend, believe mm-hmm. it or not. I am the strong friend. But when it comes to relationships, I become the weak friend. Mm-hmm. I become the friend um, that is, I lose it. I lose it when it comes to relationships. I can't be all the way together. Yeah. You get lost in love. That's your weakness. Is that... Give me another word. <laughs> you get beyond lost. I don't... You get to a point where you can't come back. I don't function. Really? No. I don't function. Is it because you never had what you've always wanted in love? So you keep just... I gotta get it this time. I'm gonna stick this one out. This, this might be right. area... Before my ex, and I'm going to get into that, but before him, I didn't date. I had one boyfriend. Um, he was amazing. Shout out to him. You're probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, a, he, he was a really good boyfriend. We was together for like a year. Uh, we didn't work, but he was so sweet and tender. But outside of that, I didn't date. I didn't. I talked to guys, but I kept them away from me. Cause I didn't know what a relationship looked like, what it felt like. I never, I never. All the relationships I saw were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want one. How old were you when you got into this relationship? When I got into that relationship with him, I was eighteen. Okay. We met in high school. I actually had a high school boyfriend. We don't count those. <laughs> <laughs> we do not count high school boyfriends. You can if you want to, unless you're married to him. Child. They don't yeah, count. We don't count those. <laughs> we don't count. They don't count. But we were... I'm a drink um, today. They drink don't count. count. <laughs> they don't count at all. Unless you're still with him or unless you guys are married. Outside of that, they're done. Um, but I did have a high school boyfriend, but I met this guy. He was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was amazing. Um, but after we broke up and we actually stopped talking when I was 22. I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am now, but... I'm way older than that. You're like um, 27, right? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But for viewers and listeners, I'm 27. Um, but so he, I, I stopped talking to him and I just didn't date. I talked to guys here and there, but I was afraid. That's why um, I didn't date. I was afraid. I didn't know what that looked like. I did not know. You didn't know what to do with him. You had this boyfriend that's like, what's next? I didn't know what it looked like with me. Not with them. With me. You and didn't so, know how to be a girlfriend? I didn't know how to be a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes. that I would say that. Because I, I was never shown that. I didn't know how to be affectionate. I knew I couldn't tell nobody I loved them. Um, don't touch me. Because in the beginning, I told you guys, I, I did suffer... I was sexually abused as a kid, so I didn't like people touching me. And so, if you touched me, that was a no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I didn't know if that was something that I wanted. So, I didn't date. That's how I got through college with good grades. I was an excellent college student, but dating, no. It was not happening in college. You didn't know how to date is what you're saying? No. Wow. <laughs> I sucked at it. 
I was, you know, I tell people all the time, especially my clients, because they'll say, like, you don't got no problems, you don't got no issues, like, everything is all together, everything is good. Indeed, they are. I'm blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not when it comes to love and dating. Mm -hmm. I struggle. Mm -hmm. A black professional woman struggling with dating. But, you know, this is such a big topic because it's important that we discuss this and I feel like a lot of women that we see and we say she's a Tatiana or whatever the case may be, we do not know her past. We do not know her story. Absolutely. She's probably dating the way she knows how to date or what she's seen, you know, because you're saying you didn't know how to date. You didn't know how to be a girlfriend. You didn't know how to be with someone. No. So then a person will teach you or show you or you see things and you think that's right because I wasn't taught anything else. So the first thing I see she doing it. She doing it. My auntie doing it. My cousin doing it. This yeah. must, this, this and must I didn't allow guys to teach me anything because I felt like they couldn't teach me a thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Again, so when you ask, like, did my father play a role? He not having him. He didn't play a role, but that piece because I didn't know what having a man in my life looked like or felt like. You could, as a man, you couldn't teach me anything. Yeah. So. You know, mm-hmm. you're saying this before we get to the ex. So I hope you guys got the tissue still. <laughs> Let's get to the ex. I almost <laughs> forgot about that. I was going to my next question. I don't know. So the what, ex. what went on with this ex? So I met this guy at my best friend. She going to kill me because she know exactly who she is. <laughs> my J. Bella. Um, she had a birthday party. I was like in a really bad state at that time because mm-hmm. I had gone through so much during that period in my life and I was going through a lot but I was still resilient enough to keep pushing forward I had actually just graduated with my master's in counseling this was in 2014 and this was December so I met him and I had just spoke with this uh, my best friend's cousin and she prayed for me and she told me that I should be patient and wait and, you know, I should have listened to the be patient and wait stuff. But I told her, like, you know, the next guy I see, I'm going to make them my boyfriend. And unfortunately, the next guy I saw was my ex. Mm. And as little did I know, and he was little. Sorry, he had to throw a little wait shot. Wait a minute. <laughs> I had to throw a little, little shot. Like, but I was, wasn't ready. <laughs> he deserved that. So I met this guy. He was, he was little. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You're going to have to drink <laughs> So, I met this guy. I didn't know he was small until he stood up. But I thought he was a big guy. But I met this guy. He was attractive, even though he was so short. So, you mean he was short? He was short. Okay, okay. I, I mean, <laughs> short Because my list was probably like, now she be talking about God and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we also keep it real. Okay. So, he well, was short. We got to keep it real. He was short. He you stood. can have your preferences. I'm going to say that it's nothing wrong with having preferences. And my preferences is I prefer... A taller guy, mm-hmm. not discriminating, not discriminating against you shorter guys, but I prefer taller mm-hmm. than me because he was shorter than me. Mm-hmm. That's probably why it didn't work out. Oh, well, go ahead. Yes. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. His brain was smart. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but so I met this guy. Me and him instantly we have a connection. And I'm big on connections, Jada. Mm-hmm. You so know, I talk to you about connections. So. I'm being on connections, and we instantly had a connection, and it was almost as if God brought us together, because um, it was crazy. 
Because I had just said the next guy I meet, I'm going to make him my boyfriend. I met this guy, and we had a connection. And he asked me for my number, and I gave it to him. And we talked, literally talked, every single day from the day we met, which was December 20-something. December 21st, actually. Mm-hmm. Almost a year. No. So, this was, yeah, December 21st. Uh, December 21st, 2014. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't think about it. So, I met him. We talked every day. I don't have a 90-day rules, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I was 26 years old. And I was still a virgin. There goes some tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spilling was, tea. She says she had open book, y'all. Open book. So, I was 26. I was a virgin. And three weeks later from meeting this guy, I had sex with him. Why did I do that? I don't know, but we had sex, and I was instantly attached. Mm-hmm. I called my best friend up, crying in the middle of the night. I kicked him out, actually, after we did it. I was like, you got to go. I kicked him out, and I literally broke and started crying. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, well, what are you crying for now? And I'm like, you did it. And I was like, well, I wanted to wait till I was married. Because at this point, I was 26, and I'm like, well, I mean, I might as well wait. Mm-hmm. I'm 26, so I did it, and from that point, it was like I was instantly head over heels with this guy. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. L- ladies, I always tell people when you're telling your story and when you're helping other people, you have to be honest. That mm-hmm. was not my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I met him December 21st. He was not my boyfriend. In my mind, he was my boyfriend. Right. You know how we do, like, in my mind, you my yep. boyfriend. <laughs> Be some on plug. <laughs> but he was not my boyfriend. Um, so, J.D., you heard of situationships, right? I've, I've been in there in the situationships. And it's like, I still lose in the situationships. And that's when I was just like, bro, I'm done. I need to get with somebody for real who's going to respect me. I'm done playing around because I just keep losing. If I could find another word for situationship to describe what I was in, I, I really would. Okay, wait, 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 <laughs> wait. So was he your ex or this whole time this was a situationship? No, he was my ex. Eventually, he became my ex. But in the beginning, it was a situationship that I had created in my mind because he gave me no title. Um, no commitment. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, we were good. Like, I was seeing him. Our very first date, which was supposed to be right before Valentine's Day. Because remember, I met him in December. Mm -hmm. So then in January, he's supposed to take me to the show. And again, I don't know how to date. I'm just doing whatever at this point. Mm -hmm. Because I never was shown how to date. I don't know what dating looks like. I'm... I, w- I never seen affection. I never had affection. I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. And that's just being, like, seriously, like, real. And so, we were supposed to go to the show. Mm-hmm. I remember watching my friends. And this is me allowing peers and people to teach me how to date. So, I learned to date through other people. So, I remember watching my friends when they guys didn't do something that they didn't want them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they go off. So, okay, he didn't show up for the date on time. The show started at 9. So you were trying to be different. Because no. they go off, he didn't show up. I went off. I wasn't trying to be oh, different. Okay. This is me telling you that 
I didn't know how to date, so they taught me how. Okay, gotcha. And so, so you I, went off. I went off. Good job. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> I went off. I was flying off the handle like crazy because they would come back and be like, girl, I did X, Y, and Z to, you know, this dude and the, whoever yeah. they was dating at the time. And I was just like, I went off. Mm-hmm. Like, I flew off the handle to the point where they would tell me that they fought their boyfriends or significant other, whatever they was in. Because they were mad. Like, girl, I just hit him. So you thought that's what happened? I thought that was what happened at 26 as a grown woman. At wow. 26. Who were who was very, as though I was telling people, was very mature. Mm-hmm. Um, headed all together. And he came over still. And I just hit him with a, 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 a water bottle. <laughs> Was it water? No, it was empty. It was empty, but the top hit him that so hard. Nothing. That it hurt him so. No, the top hit him so hard. His fingers swelled. Okay, I threw it hard because I was pissed. Wait, first off, I'm not promoting physical. No, things, okay? absolutely not. All right, I do not domestic. Okay, I do not. Okay, go ahead. And so it hit him with the thing, and he 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 had this sad puppy dog face on, and I remember apologizing for it, and. We ended up going out to eat, but I wouldn't get out the car. Because, again, I thought that that's what you do. You be mad, you play mad, and that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a terrible situation to open up. And we had other physical incidents where I was physical, not him. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I would physically, you know, if I get mad, I hit him. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's what you did. That was wrong. If you hit anybody, that's domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't Male, allow any, female. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. It's domestic violence. From there, months passed. Mm-hmm. And I remember going through his phone, getting the password. Have you ever got the password to somebody's phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when, but we already know it. Now we just, let me see. I did not know eyes. it, Jada. Oh, I, no. I used to know. And th- no, it's funny thing was my um, friend at the time, my best friend, my other one, I have a lot of best friends, but whatever. Mm. We'll get to that <laughs> in another podcast. But So I was at my friend's house, and we were sitting outside her house. She said, men are so stupid. Sorry, men, but I'm going to have to agree on some things. Mm. She said, men, were, men are so stupid. She said, they passwords to their phone. Y'all better not change y'all passwords. <laughs> After this. Yes. <laughs> um, they keep it the same, and it's simple stuff. They keep it simple because they can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Really? And she was like, yeah. And so I said, I'm going to try it. So and what did you try? His, a simple, I think it was his, his birthday, birthday or something. Something <laughs> simple. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I remember he left his phone in the bathroom. Because he, again, I was in this thing called, I don't even like the word situationship because mine was worse than that. I was in this thing where I was having this guy come over. We were sleeping together. And I was doing everything that a girlfriend should do. But I had no commitment, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And we were acting as though we were mm-hmm. in a relationship. Wait, say that again. No commitment, no nothing. But you were acting like you I were was a girlfriend. I was acting like I was his woman. No title. None. That's deep. I got nothing from him. That's And deep. so I was acting as though I was in a relationship, portraying to my friends as though I was in a relationship, making them think. And I was telling people that was my boyfriend. Mm. That's how deep it got. And that's how desperate I got to say, like, that's my boyfriend. Um, and, he, and he played the role, too. Mm-hmm. He acted as though he was my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. To me. Yeah. Hear the word, to me. Right. <laughs> but he left his phone in the bathroom because I stayed alone. And I had to go to the bathroom. And 
Ooh, I saw a gym mm-hmm. on the bathroom counter, so I locked the door to the bathroom. Surprise. And I wanted to try out. I I told my friends, he ain't talking to nobody. And I had just actually told my coworker, he not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the most he would ever do is maybe entertain somebody through social media. No, he was cheating. You say he was what? Cheating. But Jada. Didn't I say that wasn't my boyfriend? It wasn't your boyfriend. So how was he cheating? Because in my mind, I said that I was in a relationship with him. Wow. So I casted it off as if he was cheating. And that was, and, and probably to this moment, I probably tell people like he was cheating on me, but I actually had no real commitment. Right. I had no real nothing. And it is so important to actually create those boundaries, set those boundaries, and create those. I don't do gray areas anymore. So everything needs to be black and white. So it's important to have, are we in a relationship? Either yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's important as a woman that the man either confirms it, either through asking you to be in a relationship with him and you guys be monogamous or you asking him and however you guys want to do it. So whatever folks, you guys both. But yeah. we never spoke about it. And I would ask him to be my boyfriend. Um, and he would always say, well, I need to work on me and things like that. But... But he's still taking, taking, taking from him. Y'all still doing whatever y'all doing, but he still needs time to work on him. And I was giving mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Um, so he, I caught him cheating. It, <laughs> I set the scene. I'm all about scenery. <laughs> <laughs> After this situation, I threw. I went out there, and I, here I here I am. Oh, something to, else. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm on the waiting to they sell moment because I'm all for uh, Bernadine when she set the fire to the car <laughs> and was smoking that cigarette. That is me. I am Bernadine. She crazy. Bernadine y'all. is me. Um, I was ready to set fire to his car and smoke the cigarette. So I um, walked out of the bathroom and because I, I had went through his phone, he was talking to all types of girls. Mm-hmm. Literally all types of girls. So disgusting and so trifling. And at that moment, I should I should have walked away, but I did it. So I threw the phone at him, and I was screaming and yelling, and the walls were paper thin, so I know my neighbors was getting all the tea. And so he, we fought and argued. We went outside. Why did it start raining? Mm. You know I wanted to set the scene like I was in the Shanti oh. video. <laughs> I set the what scene like... What was that Was it Baby, or was it the... What's that song? Foolish. Oh, foolish. I'm thinking of the one when she said you left your receipts in the car. Maybe, but you know what else I thought about? Aaliyah. How could the one I gave my heart to break my heart again? I was literally out there in the rain where the rain was like falling on my face and I would not leave when I said. I love that. Like, this is the perfect scene. I did. You're crazy. (laughs) Very crazy. And so I literally was like crying. And we talked about it and I forgave them. So, from there, that was cheating incident one. It wasn't just that. It was him. I know her weakness. I know what I can do. I know what she will allow. And that's big. You made it easy for him. mm -hmm. And once before, when I was in a situation, and it was supposed to be a relationship, Mm -hmm. and I mean, to the public, to a point, it was a relationship. But then when he got home, he still wasn't mine. So, the thing about that is, yes, we quote-unquote had a title, but he told me that I made it easy for him. So, for me, I just felt like, who am I? For this man to be like, you made it easy for me. 
And that's, that's what, what they want. Women. They yeah. don't want a headache. They want a quick move. This weekend, she don't call me, she don't text me, she know where I'm at. She made it easy for me. And it's and almost disgusting. like that thing, like, you don't know what love is until you put up a fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there was no fight. Mm-hmm. And so. You, th- <laughs> I'm telling it no you. It was Y'all, no fight. she be preaching. Heal thyself counseling yeah. on Instagram. I'm, inspiration hits me while I'm doing something else. I always preach that. Yeah. And so. So it just got worse. It got worse. Like, I was on everything under the sun that a woman shouldn't do. I paid for every date. I think he paid for maybe two dates. It was to the point where I was so embarrassed to tell my friends. I'm sick. I don't know. This ain't right. It gets bad. It gets bad to worse. And it was so to the point where I was telling my friends, um, like, lying to them. Mm -hmm. They don't know this. so You're lying to yourself. They were hearing this. Mm-hmm. I had I was okay with lying to me because I've always told people like I will take the pain I don't want you to take the pain mm-hmm. and so I I mentioned like I have a lot of best friends like I didn't have the greatest family or upbringing yeah but God blessed me enough to create friends for me mm-hmm. and I I have crazy friends like that I'm close with and I'm close with their families and I'm Everybody don't have that, and I do. And so I'm blessed to have that. Like, my friends are overprotective to the point where they think they're my mom, and they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I could not go to my friends and tell them what I was doing out of embarrassment because they would be so disappointed. And the last thing I ever want to do is disappoint my friends because my friends go to the ends of the world for me. Like, they will bend over backwards because they know the things that I've been through, and they know that I would never come to them for help. Yeah. And so they're like, if whatever she needs, like we're there. And so my friend, my J Bella, mm-hmm. <laughs> she had said, I hope you're not using your, I had got these Groupons. Like, I hope you're not using these Groupons. <laughs> to get that I was so young. And I was like, it was like, I had like $300 worth of Groupons. <laughs> like, seriously. It was lit. <laughs> yeah, I was lit, lit. Because at this time, I was a broke, struggling college student, too. Because I was thinking about going back to school and I had just finished school and I was like broke because I was looking for a job. And I was like, no, girl, he paid for this. Hmm. And I lied. It was so bad where I was sliding money under the table to give to him so that he could feel like a man and pay for dinner. And we were going. Wait a minute. We wasn't going to Chili's. He wanted to eat at Mastro's, Morton's. Wow. Del Frisco's like we were eating at really expensive restaurants, and who was paying? Bills coming back two, three hundred dollars. You never thought it was a problem that you sliding money to him under the table? I didn't want him to be embarrassed. I didn't want him to be embarrassed, uh, but I was embarrassed in myself, and I was embarrassed. Right. Like I was embarrassed. Like I was all the way throughout the entire relationship. I was embarrassed, mm-hmm. but. Because Wait, throughout the what? Entire relationship, I was What relationship? We got together. Oh, in December, we had went out for New Year's. And okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> December 2017. No, December of 2015. 2015. We established a relationship. Turned into a relationship. So Off when did words. you meet? We met in December of 2014. 2014. And then, off of his words, a relationship <laughs> was founded. In, in 2000. On New Year's Eve. 2000 and what? 15. Okay. 
But the way he did it was trifling. Again, we went to Longhorn Steakhouse. That was I paid. You you paid cash or car or group I paid under the table through cash. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this is crazy. I paid under the table through cash. And (laughs) and somehow he ended up saying like I was his girlfriend. And I was like, I paused because I thought that that was heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. To hear him say, I was his girlfriend. And so, at that moment, my heart opened up so much more. So, I'm already giving him money for going on our dates. He paid for our first date to, like, space golf thing on a Groupon girl. Like okay. he was Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now he's a Groupon spokesperson. So, we go on a date. It was actually living social. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm like, wait, I'm your girlfriend? So I got excited. He was like, yeah, you've been my girlfriend. So that's how I always go back and I backtrack our relationship from day one, which is incorrect. Right. Because that's not how you do anybody. That's not how you establish a relationship. It needs to be said. It needs to be stated. We have an understanding. It's just us. We in a relationship. And it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. And so I was just like, okay we in a relationship you know yeah and so he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend he told me i was his girlfriend and i was cool with that but i wasn't cool with that but i was cool with that we gonna stop right there we gotta get back into this so he never asked you no he stated you were his girlfriend right you wasn't cool with that no but you was cool with that yes Stay tuned for episode eight. <laughs> Stay tuned for episode eight. Seriously, we have a part two coming. Yeah. Because we have way too much to talk about, and I have ran out of wine. So, <laughs> this has been amazing, though, and I still have questions. You still have stories, so I yeah. definitely want to make this a part two. Erica, tell them how they can get in contact with you, your business, your social media. So, I can be reached um, on my social media, on my Instagram, at heal. H-E-A-L dot thyself counseling T-H-Y self counseling um, through Instagram or you can email me at the same email there's no dot though so you might as well write healthy self counseling okay. <laughs> at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, but it's actually heal thyself counseling I'm on Facebook you can find me as Erica Lewis at heal thyself counseling um if you want to schedule an appointment, I cannot see friends. I cannot see family members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I accept all major insurances. Um, I do a sliding fee scale. And what do you specialize again? I specialize. Um, actually, I work with specialized in children. However, I specialize in everything. Okay. Um, but I have a specialty in addiction studies, but. I practice and I do everything. Okay. And you know she has her own practice. I do okay. have my own private practice yes. in Homewood. I just opened it up in May. Um, it's a very nice office. It's in Homewood. Um, you can find me on Psychology Today. That's where I get most of my clients from. And referrals. A lot of them are referrals in. Yeah. Right now. So. Yeah. So people buy people and referrals. And if they trust you, they'll send somebody else to you. So make sure you contact Erica if you feel like you need her services or you know someone who need her services. 
you know someone who won't reach out to her but you want to put that foot in the door to get them started for the person you love and you care about so make sure you contact erica you guys thank you so much for listening today this has been amazing we still have so much to talk about it will be a part two so stay tuned more questions more stories thank you to house hill media for always hosting and thank you for just listening vibing with me you know just supporting me you guys motivate me you encourage me and i'm so grateful for those who have been with me every step of the way don't forget about brokenness that made me whole i have a new website coming i have shirts coming i have events coming so please stay tuned stay with me there is always more to the story thanks for having me on thank you for being here erica (laughs) thank you for the wine the house shoes the blanket see you guys next time I know you by your phone, so boy, pick up your line. I ain't too proud to beg, so what's been said has been said. And I need you to know, you don't know what love is.